time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, inalienable rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. In this week's episode on lies, we're going to talk about one of the biggest lies out there. It somewhat ties into a political nature, but really is a message about the culture. Before we get into the topic, I would like to honor the families affected by the tragedies in Uvalde, Texas, and Buffalo, New York over the past few weeks. So many innocent lives lost in shootings carried out by more people that obviously suffered from a mental illness. Let's pause for a moment of silence for the families and those communities that are suffering from these senseless slaughters. Thank you. You know, these most recent tragedies, like many others that appear to be happening with increasing frequency around the country, these tragedies all have the biggest lie in common. I will let you all know what I believe to be is the biggest lie in our country right now in a little bit. But first, in a phrase that is all over cable news networks, print media, and internet news sites lately is this, we have a problem that is plaguing our country. Almost as if that phrase has been scripted or synchronized across the political and news spectrum, plaguing our country. Depending on the bias of the news you read and listen to, they try to describe the problem that is a plague. And yes, there is a plague in our country, but it's not what you think it is. For the most part, and because a vast majority of cable, print, and internet news sites, those talking heads and pundits that are the communist useful idiots, they describe the plague as too many guns in people's hands in this country or that there are not enough common-sense gun laws in place to prevent tragedies like the ones that happened in Uvalde and Buffalo and in a score of other communities around the country. Those are lies as well, but not the biggest one. Of course, mass shootings really grab the attention of people all over the country, for good reason, too. Any loss of life, especially at the hands of another human being, is tragic. Then, when there is the loss of multiple lives, it compounds the tragedy. And then deepening that further still is when the loss of lives are those of innocent children. Everybody is looking for a solution to this problem that is plaguing our nation. From local governments all the way up to the President of the United States. And, like I said, for the most part, the new aristocracy and their useful idiots get it wrong. And I don't think this is accidental. 
I believe they get it wrong on purpose because they are all trying to sell us a solution that benefits government, not the people. It somewhat goes back to last week's episode on the erosion of trust. Our government does not trust we, the people, to make the right decision, so they must make it for us. The only people that benefit from government's actions are guess who? Why, the people in government, of course. This, too, is by design. Government will always choose its common sense laws or regulations to solve problems. Because government, the new aristocracy, as well as a significant portion of our nation that are useful idiots, they all themselves think they have the only way to fix the problems in our nation. Often, and quite often, these problems have government involvement as the root cause. The new aristocracy does not care about that at all, and it is my belief that they know this as well. Heck, they cannot acknowledge the fact that it is government that is often the cause of all these problems. They do this to continue to gain their useful idiots. As I mentioned, I believe this is on purpose. These politicians and their useful idiots in the media, they all just want to be seen as doing something, anything, about a problem. It falls back to the unbroken leg fallacy that we discussed in episode 11 last year. In case you don't remember, the unbroken leg fallacy is this. Here I'm quoting from an article written by Robert Higgs in 2014. Quote, unbroken leg fallacy. It is the presumption which underlies all sorts of state intervention, both macroeconomic and microeconomic, in the market system, that the participants in markets are perfectly capable of acting more productively, but owing to various market failures, are not doing so on their own and require state action to repair the situation. The fallacy is that this reasoning completely ignores the countless ways in which the state's own intrusions and engagements in the economic system in effect break the legs of private sector actors by distorting prices, including interest rates, penalizing productive actions, and subsidizing destructive actions. Having invaded the economic order like the proverbial bull in a china shop, the state's kingpins, functionaries, and intellectual bootlickers then have the chutzpah to blame market failures for the wreckage they themselves have created. An ever-changing hodgepodge of bad incentives, misdirected state efforts, and ominous fears about further unsettling state actions to come. Owing to the built-in feedback that occurs in a genuinely free, profit-and-loss-based market system, people do not systematically err and fail in their multifaceted efforts to coordinate their own economic activities. Unless, that is, the state runs amok, breaking their legs willy-nilly and crippling the operation of the price system. Economic analysis and policy-making that disregard this reality rest on a fallacious foundation, unquote. As you could tell from what I just read, Mr. Higgs is discussing the marketplace. But the fallacy can apply to any situation where the government inserts itself into the freedoms of the people. In the case of the recent tragedies in Buffalo and Uvalde, it is twofold. When a school shooting occurs, it causes me to think back to the time when I was in elementary and junior high school. 
As a matter of fact, I was living in Texas during that time frame. I attended Jim Bowie Elementary School and John Glenn Junior High School in San Angelo, Texas before my family relocated to central New York. San Angelo is about 200 miles north of Uvalde, Texas. The distance doesn't really matter, but the culture of the time does. Back in the 70s and early 80s when I was attending those schools, I can remember seeing people driving their vehicles, pickup trucks mostly, driving and dropping their kids off at school with gun racks in the window with long rifles plainly in sight. In fact, the older kids that had their driver's licenses at the time, they were driving themselves to school and they often had their long rifles in the trucks they drove to and from school and would go hunting right after school. Do you know what never happened at the schools I attended at that time? With vehicles in the parking lot with long arms in them? Yep, nary a school shooting at that time, let alone a mass shooting. Now, what is one of the main differences between now and the time I was in school? Besides the change in the nation's culture between now and then, think of the unbroken leg fallacy in government action when trying to answer that question. And the answer is this. In 1990, the U.S. Congress passed the Gun-Free School Zones Act. That act prohibited any unauthorized individual from knowingly possessing a loaded or unsecured firearm at a place that the individual knows or has reasonable cause to believe is a school zone. It was further amended in 1995 after some constitutional challenges. Nevertheless, the government that hates us created a situation whereby mentally ill people know that schools across the United States are gun-free zones. Those mentally ill people know exactly where they can go and inflict the most damage without fear of being stopped, creating for themselves some notoriety and somehow creating an identity. Keep that in mind, an identity. That is part of the big lie. Do you want to know what the term gun-free zone actually translates to? In this era of mental illness running amok, it translates to an innocent victim target-rich environment for mentally ill people to wreak havoc in. After all, mentally ill people are not particularly inclined to follow the law. Only law-abiding citizens that are not suffering from some sort of identity crisis or mental illness do that. The original law passed overwhelmingly in the House of Representatives, on a vote of 313 yeas and one nay, with 118 representatives not voting. So you see, Republicans and Democrats alike created these target-rich environments for crazy people. The government turned schools into killing fields to fix a problem that itself had created. Many of you may be wondering what was the catalyst for passing that legislation. Well, this law came to pass following a decades-long uptick in the number of school shooting incidents, but well before the mass school shooting situations that are occurring now. We'll get into why I believe that phenomenon has been increasing lately near the end of today's show. It all has to do with the biggest lie in our nation right now. Back to the gun-free school zones, though. By extending the school zone to 1,000 feet from school grounds, the usurpers of both parties sought to dissuade gang and drug activity near schools. Like many of you critical thinkers out there, after reading or hearing that just now, the reason behind the law being passed, the following questions should come to mind. Do gang members and drug dealers actually follow the law? 
will passing a law that states amends the federal code to impose criminal penalties for the possession or discharge of a firearm in a school zone with specified exceptions, including the possession or discharge by an individual as part of a school program or by a law enforcement officer acting in an official capacity. Exactly what in that that I just read would deter a gang member or a drug dealer from deciding to not break the law? Will they now follow this law, despite breaking a bunch of other laws already? It would be comical if it were not for the tragedies that the passage of the law helped to create. A perfect example of the unbroken leg fallacy. This law also banned any person from carrying a firearm in public spaces. Meaning the act encompasses not just schools, but any public property within 1,000 feet of a gun-wielding citizen meaning that every public space is gun-free. It's another glaring example of violating the words shall not be infringed by the usurpers of liberty, by the way. States and locales now vary in its implementation, and thank goodness parts of that act have been rolled back by people that have actually read the Constitution. The Crime Prevention Research Center published a study about the location of mass shootings from 1998 to 2015. Do you want to know what it found? Well, the percentage of mass shootings in gun-free zones was a staggering 96.2%. So, in trying to fix a non-existent problem, the federal government created a bigger, much more tragic problem. It makes me wonder why would they do that? Asking why is the best critical thinking to ever ask. Why would the federal government create a bigger problem? Some non-critical thinking people do not think that the law created a bigger problem. They believe that since the passage of the law, state-level criminals can now be charged with a federal crime, and that is a good thing, right? Well, I'm not so sure. Because if criminals are willing to break the law, it doesn't matter if it is a state or federal law. Do you think gang members and drug dealers actually consider whether or not the law they are breaking is a state or federal law? While that is possible... It is definitely not probable. I believe we could discount that it was meant to solve a problem, but it would absolutely create a bigger problem. A problem that would require more government intervention. More unbroken leg fallacy. A problem for the public that would solve a tyrannical government's biggest problem. What would tyrannical government's biggest problem be, you wonder? Well, that would be the problem that a well-armed public is a respected and often feared public. It also meant that these gun-free zones created what I mentioned earlier. Target-rich environments for people that already have zero regard for the law. I asked the question earlier if this was accidental or on purpose. Let's explore that a bit before getting to the biggest lie. And the why behind the biggest lie. A question that always follows these terrible school shootings is this. The communists and their useful idiots ask, how many children have to die before you are willing to give up your guns? I'm quite sure you have all heard that question ad nauseum for people on both sides of the political spectrum. You know what, though? Based upon the frequency of that question after these shootings... I believe it needs to be looked at in a brand new light. It should no longer be considered as a question to garner sympathy or empathy and to somehow goad people into taking some kind of action. 
Nope. To me, it is not a question anymore. It is a threat. A threat by a tyrannical government that would like a disarmed populace. Every time one of these school shootings take place, the usurpers of our liberty and their useful idiots, they chip away at our constitutionally protected right to keep and bear arms. What do you think about that? Something to ponder. Especially after this bit of information, or more accurately, misinformation. Senate Majority Leader Chucky Schumer tweeted this on the same day as the shooting. Quote, GOP Senator Johnson just tried for a bill that could see more guns in schools. I blocked it. The truth? There were officers at the school in Texas. The shooter got past them. We need real solutions. We will vote on gun legislation starting with the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act. Unquote. That tweet is still up on his page, despite the misinformation. Not misinformation, but an outright lie in it. There were no officers at the school when the mentally ill madman entered. Not just no officers, but not even a single officer, contrary to policy or law. Will the overlords at Twitter take down that tweet? Of course not. And why not? Because old Chucky is their preferred member of the new aristocracy. I mean, besides the senile occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and the drunk insider trader that is the Speaker of the House. Oh, and Twitter is currently one of the platforms that serves as the communist useful idiots, despite Mr. Musk's pending purchase of the platform. A senator brings a bill to the floor to explore ways to solve the problem, because of course, it's government's role to solve problems, but it doesn't fit with a communist plan for our nation. Did you notice the closing part of that tweet? The part about the Domestic Terrorism Protect Act? If you have been paying attention for the past two years, or even longer, what, or who, the communists consider as domestic terrorists are people that actually believe in the Constitution and the rule of law in our republic. Patriots who love the United States of America as founded are who they consider domestic terrorists. Parents and taxpayers showing up at school board meetings to protest against the sexualization of their children are domestic terrorists. Have I told you lately that our government hates us? Anyway, they, the new aristocracy, are passing legislation that will enable them to further erode our constitution and its limitations on government. We have passed the tipping point in our republic where government sees the constitution as the source of their power when it was actually passed to limit its power. The communists and the useful idiots all over social media, especially those with a hashtag resistance in their bios, they want to crush you and I and fully implement the communist agenda in this country. So, they are definitely not above putting the conditions in place where more school children die at the hands of crazy people. Also, while removing your ability to defend yourselves and your children against the type of people their culture created. The useful idiots in the media are even trying to goad people into action on common sense gun laws by comparing them to action the Texas state legislature took with regards to abortion. Give it a listen.
I'm sorry to interrupt. We know those details. What we want to know is what your solution is. And the reason I ask is because we've all seen how quickly and creatively Texas, your local legislature, can act when it wants to, say, protect the uh, unborn embryo. Why not act with that alacrity to protect living, breathing 10-year-olds in this school behind me? Use that same blueprint that you use for your abortion law. Make there be waiting periods. Make them have to come back to the scene more than once. Make them have to answer questions. Why can't you protect living 10-year-olds? Well, thank you for that question. And let me tell you why we will not uh, have not taken that approach consistent with the legislation you brought up as it uh, relates to innocent unborn life in the womb is because we have this thing called the Constitution. There may still be hope for our public if we have lawmakers that actually think and act like that. But believe me when I tell you that the communists and their willing allies of the useful idiots in the media do not actually care about children and are not above using these culturally driven mass shootings to achieve their objective. And just what is their objective? Why transforming our constitutional republic into a communist society? And the only way to do that is to have an unarmed populace. Much like the ones all over the planet that could not push back at all against the pandemic government overreach that we just witnessed. The COVID pandemic was a trial run to see just how far governments could go and removing the people's individual rights across the globe. If the United States of America goes in the direction that many other countries, like those in Europe and even Australia, have with regards to gun rights, mark my words, that will be the end of Western, Christian civilization as we know it. Many of you may think that that is just another conspiracy theory or something along those lines. Look around, folks, and honestly tell me that the current crop of the new aristocracy do not want you disarmed. Tell me that they really care about your children. Especially in light of the usurper and chief administration's latest move. In case you have not heard, the Biden administration has just issued a choice to government schools across the nation. It's a choice between two evils. Their first one being child starvation which of course really would not happen, but it provides government school administrators and communist sympathizing school boards an out so they can settle on and sell to the parents and taxpayers the second choice, which is child abuse. How about another couple of questions, this time for the commies and their useful idiots regarding the cultural transformation that has been happening in our government schools for decades now. Ask them this, how many children have to be sexually assaulted in bathrooms before you stop the corrosive, divisive, and sexualization of our children in the classroom? Or ask them this, how many children have to suffer from the mental illness so pervasive in children now because government schools have moved from educating children, educating them in reading, writing, math, science, and history, and moved to indoctrinating them with lies and sexualizing material found in topics that fall under the umbrella of critical race theory and social-emotional learning. Those two questions will receive more pushback from the people responsible for the evil happening in the name of public education right now. So here's the recent news about the Ice Cream Connoisseurs Administration activity. Headline, Washington, D.C. Well, 
That is your first clue that this will be bad news for concerned parents and taxpayers. May 5th, 2022, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food and Nutrition Service announced today that it will interpret the prohibition on discrimination based on sex found in Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 and in the Food and Nutrition Act of 2008 as amended Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, formerly the Food Stamp Program, to include discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Like I have repeatedly told you, if you control the language, you control the narrative. In 1972 and 2008, there was no consideration of sexual orientation and gender identity when determining discrimination based upon sex. None. Yet here we are. Let's be honest and state the fact that sexual orientation and gender identity were introduced, heck, not introduced, but force-fed into government schools by the commies in the first place. Back to the headline, though. Under the leadership of the Biden-Harris administration, USDA and FNS are issuing this interpretation to help ensure its programs are open, accessible, and help promote food and nutrition security, regardless of demographics. Don't you just love how commies and normal people can interpret laws completely different than what was intended when those same laws were passed? Applying current interpretation of terms and words against what was actually intended, much like the attacks on this Second Amendment happening right now. When commies interpret the law, they always come up with a lie to back their agenda of power and control over the masses. Anyway, all of that news release can be wrapped up to mean this. Taxpayers and parents need to stop harassing and correcting school boards in order for the school district to continue implementing the culture rot of corrosive, divisive, and sexualizing curriculums upon your children, or we, the new aristocracy, will withhold funds. Funds, by the way, that come from the taxes you and I pay. They will withhold the funds used to provide food to our children in government schools. Again, the new aristocracy using our own tax dollars against us. The carrot and the stick to get compliance. In essence, they are saying, implement our culture or we, the new aristocracy, will ensure your children will go hungry in our government indoctrination centers. All of what we have discussed so far has led us to the big lie. Our nation, founded as a Christian republic, is being transformed before our very eyes by a government that hates us. A government that wants the entire population to believe the lie that government and the culture it is enabling has assumed the identity of our creator, as well as trying to erase our own identities as children of God. By government attempting to assume the identity as our creator and the provider of our salvation, they are creating the lie that we are children of government. Where government is the answer to all of our problems, they want us all to turn towards the culture they are creating. This is manifesting in the culture rot they are pushing in the government schools all over the country. Having been exposed in their attempts to label concerned parents and taxpayers as domestic terrorists, they have shifted tactics. They are now forcing the culture identity rot through their interpretations of what gender is and using our tax dollars to hold us all hostage to the government's point of view. 
Government knows that they must remove the Christ-centered beliefs that our children learn at home to accomplish this long-term project. The new aristocracy does not want a populace that believes in a creator and the moral laws that he has written on our hearts. They absolutely need this culture that changes our children's belief systems from God as the creator to one that replaces God with government and self as God. They are being successful too. The mental illness and depression that is gripping our youngest generation can be directly traced to the actions our government has been taking for generations now. They want every citizen to believe the big lie. The lie that government is God. They have been incredibly effective at getting vast numbers of people to believe this lie. Go ahead and do a search of social media and the internet. Look at the people with the hashtag resistance in their bios. Examine their beliefs that they espouse on the internet. Look at their hatred towards our faith, towards our belief and faith in our creator. Look towards the politicians, those members of the new aristocracy that only give lip service to a professed faith in God and Jesus Christ. Do their actions match up with the words they speak? In other words, do they walk the talk like we discussed last week? I have to tell you that the recent actions by the Catholic Church towards one of the biggest liars in Congress, one Nancy Pelosi, was quite refreshing. It is time for the church, which is all of us, to take a stand and replace these godless communist criminals that serve at all levels of government at the earliest opportunity. That will be necessary to save our republic. We need to find the hypocrites and the liars in public office, expose them for what they truly are and what they are trying to do to our republic. Then we need to throw them out of office. As always, we close this week's episode with something from God's word. It is fitting that this message goes out to those who are lost or are believing they are lost in this world. From Romans 15, 1. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. Those that are the most sensitive to the big lie, more susceptible to believing in the big lie, are our children. Inwardly, they know the truth of a God who loves them and learns that at the feet of their parents. Yet government is relentless in pursuing this big lie and is tearing the minds of our children apart. It is creating the mental illness and depression that is rampant in our nation's youth right now. When people turn away from God, they are turning towards something. Governments all over the world want them to be that something. They must rot the culture and turn people away from their faith in order to achieve their goal of power and control. We must be strong and restore our republic to its founding Christian principles. We must not do this just for ourselves, but for our children. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.